And we often have the image in mind that Asians or Chinese cannot express what they think, but this is such a nonsense generalization. People often reject to believe what they don't understand or what scares them. With Dragonfolio China, you have the unique chance to truly understand a frequently misconceived country and an inevitable shift in the 21st century. Just lean back and enjoy a fascinating journey through China that will astonish and reward you. So, Niemann Hao guys, and a warm welcome to the second episode of the Dragonfolio China podcast. My name is Eric, and today, to get started with Dragonfolio and to form a common ground and base for us, I decided to start with a little introduction series. In this series, I will address the topic, why should you actually care about China? I think that's a really important and good question. Why would an average person with a normal life, not living in China, not being constantly in touch with Chinese people, why would he or she care? And although it's important, it sometimes is hard to summarize it properly. I spent a lot of thoughts on this and eventually came up with six different reasons of why you should pay more attention to China. I will spread them over six different episodes. I think they deserve to be mentioned separately. And besides, I'm not sure about your preference, but I personally, I don't like very long podcast episodes. So normally what I target here for in Dragonfull China is a length anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes because that is totally sufficient to bring across my message. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time as well. So I think that makes totally sense and everything that would go beyond this 20 minutes normally would add very little value. So today, the first reason why you should care about China is Chinese people are everywhere. What do I mean by that exactly? Well, I think we all agree that the days where you see a Chinese person once in a while on the street are definitely over. Today, Chinese from one of the largest groups of overseas students, for instance, there are more than 700,000 overseas students studying in countries other than China, mostly the English-speaking countries, of course, like the US, UK, Canada and Australia. Right now, there's an increasing tendency of people who return to China afterwards. So after that graduation, they go back to China. Right now, it's 80%. There's an increasing tendency. Why? That's actually a good topic for another episode. For now, just keep in mind that there are, of course, a lot of students from China all over the world. The second thing is that you have an increasing number of tourists. Chinese tourists are all over the planet. There are an estimated 150 million Chinese traveling per year that are crossing the borders. Most of them are still traveling in Asia, so countries like Japan and Thailand are the most popular, but of course you have a lot of Chinese as well going to Europe and to America, to Australia, wherever you can think of. And you have a few new places coming up that are more popular like North Africa or East Europe. And consequently total spending for traveling exceeds the spendings of all other countries by far. But tourists and students are one thing, but the next group that I'm going to talk about is the most relevant group and that is the so-called overseas Chinese. The estimated number of 60 million ethnic Chinese living as so-called overseas in all different places in the world. So that includes those people who have changed their nationalities. So they have a foreign passport. They're not, let's say, on the paper, they're not Chinese anymore. But culturally and ethnically, they're Chinese. 
And most of them also live in Asia. They, most people might think they live in the US or Canada or some English-speaking country, but that's actually not the case. The two top countries are Malaysia and Thailand. That's, of course, also due to the short distance and some economic factors of the past. It also could be a topic for another episode. So, And these people, of course, have an enormous effect on the life in these countries. So tourists that just spend a few days somewhere, students maybe up to five years or even less. However, if you live somewhere permanently, of course, the impact on the environment there is much bigger. So in other words, China is somewhat omnipresent, except perhaps for Africa, where they're still pretty rare, only sometimes as workers right now for some projects, but all other places. Asia anyways, Europe, America, South America, by the way, also as well, and Australia, they're everywhere. So you cannot really escape their influence. And I dare to say that you don't really have to, you don't really have to worry because mostly they bring a lot of advantages along. They bring along a certain diversity, which is good because it increases the number of talents, it uh, increases productivity and competition. Then, of course, there's a lot of innovation related to Chinese people, a lot of creativity. You have an increasing purchase power, which is also caused by Chinese people, whether it's travelers or whether they live somewhere. Overall, they create a lot of new opportunities for economies. And, of course, they contribute to the local workforce. It's manpower at the end, and they help many economies to grow. Furthermore, they bring a lot of other things, such as food and whatever you can think of. But, well, I'm, I'm more kidding here, of course. But my point is that with the arrival of Chinese, normally you also experience a lot of benefits. However, do all these benefits come for free and automatically? Not exactly. And since many people somehow fear China, often complain about them, I want to use today's episode a bit to talk about some first stereotype that we have about Chinese people. And that is that Chinese are often perceived as very rude and reckless. And first up, let me say this. I met Chinese people basically everywhere, for the most part in China, but also in Europe, Southeast Asia, North America, and so on. And if you talk about such a large-sized population, you will, of course, find a bunch of really bad-mannered people. But in general, the bias of Chinese acting rude all the time is such an unfortunate misconception so outdated. People who spend time with Chinese, whether it's traveling in China or whether they live there for work, they would mostly confirm that these folks are very accommodating and respectful people. But why do still many people think they are rude? Well, first up, there are cultural differences. Certain behavior patterns, also related to language, would be perceived very rude or even offensive in our Western culture. But of course, if you're a bit more open-minded about this or you can even understand how they think and how they behave then you might already see it differently this is why for instance i always emphasize that the language is so important i'm not saying everyone has to learn mandarin but if you understand the language a bit then you also know why they talk like this sometimes and why you would think that it sounds so rude or offensive secondly there's of course a change in behavior china has changed so rapidly within the past decades and so it is just normal that you still have some places and also some people who are a bit uncivilized in our eyes or let's say manners and tastes could not always keep up with the rapid rise in China. 
if you're in China now, then you have to say that most places are extremely modern and developed now. You have still some cities who lag distinctly behind, especially those third and fourth cities. But it's changing so rapidly and the younger generation already shows a behavior that we also would evaluate as normal. And that somehow brings me to the next point that, of course, there is an older generation in the West. We often refer to them as the so-called lost generation who experienced a lot of poverty, a lot of misfortune, or just say times that have not been that awesome. And of course, these folks could not just switch the button after the Cultural Revolution was over and Mao Zedong passed away, they couldn't just say, okay, let's go back to normal life. The sun is shining today, so I should smile as well. A lot of things imprinted in their minds and this is still somehow present until today. So most people in China who are rude are always older people. That's my experience. But I also try to approach this with a more objective view now so i say does this guy really want to offend or attack me or does he maybe just had a bad day or a bad life or is it just his form of communication which i'm not used to which i don't like but it's just the way he is and that's due to certain bad experiences he had so lately i try to see it more from this angle and the really sad point here is that most people have never made these experiences really themselves Or if, then they always would judge with certain stereotypes in mind. So these are shaped by other people or media, but not always are really what they actually would think if they would have met Chinese people for the first time. For instance, I take the example of a travel group. You see a large travel group of Chinese people. They're quite noisy because that's the way they travel. And then you automatically would have in mind, oh, These guys are rude, reckless, they just come and take, they don't care about others, they're always loud, they have no manners and stuff like this. You see where this is going. And to be honest, if I go overseas, I'm often ashamed when I see other Germans traveling. It's sometimes really embarrassing, but well, does this mean that all Germans are like this? Probably not. It's maybe just 10%. I think that's the kind of, you can call idiot rate that you find everywhere. Most countries have that. I don't think there's any country without this kind of rate. So it's important not always to generalize that much. Another aspect that I want to bring up here is that Chinese are often comparable straight. And that is something we are not aware of and that we also cannot handle. If I take the example of the travel group again, then you see that Chinese often do not really care what others think about them. They keep their natural behavior. That's not always good, of course, but that's also showing that they're often more authentic and straight because when Westerners go somewhere in public, then they really pay a lot of attention to not being too suspiciously or acting in a wrong way, whereas Chinese sometimes they just don't care. And that's also a certain form of being or acting straight. And we often have the image in mind that Asians or Chinese cannot express what they think. But this is such a nonsense generalization. Chinese, they don't say always what they think, but they will show it in a very straight way. And we can often not understand it. And that's a big problem. I will talk more about characteristics and behavior of Chinese later in some upcoming episodes. But today, I just wanted to give you 
uh, first example. So my message today is if you belong to this group of people that always put Chinese into this box and label them with some easy negative adjectives, maybe get some distance from it. And if you really want to judge, that is fine. You have the right to judge. But if you really want to judge, then maybe observe it and evaluate it a bit more objectively. Because chances are you have to care more and more about them in your daily life. As I said, Chinese are everywhere. So you probably have to cope with Chinese in a lot of daily life situations. Maybe in school, maybe at work, maybe even your family. Who knows? And then it is really important. You cannot always say, well, I don't care. Or I just keep doing my stuff and I keep all my beliefs. Of course, if you have a strong opinion for a good reason, that's absolutely fine. No need to change. I'm just kind of reminding you that sometimes you might reconsider. I did this myself and I still today, I have to do this all the time. And I always have to think about what is the real situation? Should I be upset about it? And that is, I think, increasingly important in our globalized world. Regardless of all this, my personal opinion also is that Chinese living in so many places across the planet, the advantages that they bring for these places by far outweigh the disadvantages. Chinese live in all these countries very peacefully and contribute to the wealth. They're not lazy people or people that suck up the wealth and live at the expenses of others. And all these advantages related to them, of course, they come with a few downsides and also make it necessary to get a certain degree of understanding for their culture and for their origin. I want to end up today's episode with a short quote from Cesar Chavez. Preservation of one's own culture does not require contempt or disrespect for other cultures. And that's it for the second episode. If you want to support me and my channel, please give this podcast show a 5-star rating on your podcast app and share it with others so more people can find the show. I think it's a really important topic, so more people should know about it. Thanks for that, and I'll see you in the next episode.